Church on the Rock. How is everybody today? It's good to be in this place with you. We are excited. We're going to celebrate the name of Jesus together. And right now, we're going to start off with a little bit of a dance party up here. But today, we're going to do it just a little bit different. All kids third grade and under can come up for the dance party because I was told only third grade and under would be dismissed today. So if you guys could come on up, let's have some fun, all right? I want the rest of you guys stand up. Let's, ha- let's get some energy going into this place. You can clap your hands. You can dance around. Whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter. Here we go. Sing, I was lost with a broken heart. Oh, I was lost with a broken heart. You picked me up, now I'm set apart. From the ash, I am born again. Forever saved in my Savior's hands. You were more than my words could say. Follow you, Lord, for all my days. Fix my eyes, following your way. Forever free in an ending grace. Cause you are, cause you are, you are, you are my freedom. We lift you higher, lift you higher. Your love, your love, your love never
church so glad that you're here with us this morning this beautiful day here to worship the Lord and grow in community with each other so if you would please join me in saying our declaration to bring focus to our time as we gather together as God's family we come with a purpose to invest in God's work to invest in God's people and to experience his presence as he has been generous to us, we will be generous in his kingdom and with his people. Our time is his, our resources are his, our hearts are his, our lives are his. For his is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. So just a quick reminder, um, 252 is kindergarten through third grade for the summer, uh, just so all the families know. Also, uh, this morning, uh, nursery, the nursery room is open to anyone that wants to use it, but it is not staffed. So feel free to take your kids back there if you need to. Uh, if you would, please join me in praying for our kids this morning. See, the Lord would use this time to, to move in them. Uh, if you want to, you could reach out your hand uh, as we pray over them. Father, God, we're so appreciative for the next generation of people who will know you and love you, Lord. Pray that you would use this next uh, little bit of time to grow their knowledge of you, to grow your love in them and their love for you. Um, we pray that your spirit would move in these classrooms and through the teachers in the lives of these little ones. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So you guys grab a coffee, find a seat, say hello to someone new. Um, we'll be back with you in just a few minutes.
come to you and ask that uh, this morning would be full of your spirit moving in us to know you, to comfort our souls, to hear from you, to grow closer to you. Father, would you become the center of our attention, the center of our lives to a deeper degree this morning. Father, we thank you for your love poured out on the cross for us to have life in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It is a beautiful day. It's been a beautiful month. Oh, yeah, totally. Forest fires are on the way, but maybe we'll get rain soon. We yeah. just won't talk about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You guys doing all right? You having a good June so far? You believe it's June 12th already? It's crazy. Uh, what do we have coming up? A few things, especially next weekend. So yeah, next weekend right. on the 18th, Saturday, um, I believe it's from 9 to 12. We have our camp work day. Uh, and so if you and your families want to come out and help prepare uh, the Ingepressa Homestead for uh, the kids camp coming up, we would love to spend that time with you and to invest in our kids. Um, and so bring yourselves, your families who are able to actually partake in investing in that time. Uh, and then we'll have lunch for everybody who's involved. So it's going to be a great time. Yeah, we get the campsite just basically spruced up, cleaned up, you know, fresh coat of paint uh, every year. We have, I don't know if you guys know this. I can't remember if I talked about this a couple weeks ago. Our summer camps, when we go live for registration, our, our summer camp is full in like a day, I think it is, maxed out. Um, but we have 40-some kids that come, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. And honestly, it's one of my favorite things all year is being a part of summer camp. Uh, we have kids from our church, of course, but we have kids from all over the community. We have kids whose yeah. families are not part of a church. And we get a really cool opportunity to make an investment in their lives and through, through our interactions with them, reveal to them the kindness of God, yeah. uh, which is such a privilege uh, and such a joy every year. Uh, we have a, just a, an awesome team uh, that helps us put on our summer camps. How many of you have, have never been to the Ingebretson Homestead? Wow, a very, never been. You've never, never been. been to the Ingebretson Homestead. Very small number. You gotta come. Angela, you gotta come. <laughs> so uh, if you can't make it to the work day, the following day we do our first summer picnic out at the Ingebretson Homestead. Same location. Um, it's, it's beautiful. It's out in the Anchor River Bottom. What we're gonna do this week is through Church Center and then also uh, on social media, we'll post directions as to how to get to the Ingebretson Homestead uh, for the Sunday afternoon picnic on Father's Day. If you want to come to the picnic, uh, we provide the main course and just ask that you bring something to supplement the main course. So we'll provide burgers and hot dogs. Uh, bring something to share for everyone. Bring your kids, all ages. It's, a, it's a, just a really great place for kids and families to spend the day. And then we're going to baptize some folks on yeah. Sunday. So if you've been thinking about that, if you have not taken that step of obedience, uh, it's, it really actually is meant to be the first step of obedience when you, when you trust your life to Christ is the, the, the step of baptism. Baptism is, is a, a, a joyful ending and a beginning. It's, it's, it's the death of the old me and the resurrection of the new me united with Christ. Uh, because by faith, when I trusted in him, my heart was united with his. And so baptism is just a, it's sort of a visible, uh, experiential manifestation of an inward reality. And there's something about it. And if you've been baptized, you know that something. Uh, I was eight years old when I was baptized, and I remember it just crystal, crystal clear. In fact, uh, Pastor Ray Arno baptized me. And I remember just coming up out of the water and thinking, I'm alive in him. Yeah. <laughs> it's really a profound experience, even at a young age. I was uh, 31, so it's a little easier for, for me to remember. You were 30? 31. 
31. So like, so even old people can do it. So yeah. just like 20 years ago. Yeah. No. <laughs> Wait, how old am I? <laughs> so if you want to get baptized, uh, if you've not taken that step of obedience, you want to do that, come and talk to one of us, reach out to us, send us an email, give us a call, reach out somehow, and then we'll get in touch with you. Um, and make sure that uh, you're ready to roll for that Sunday. So that's the next weekend. Um, anything else about that that I need to say? I think that's about no. everything. Yeah, okay. So my name is Matt. This is Aaron. Uh, if it's your first time here, we want to know about that. And so uh, if you would, please uh, head over to the info table and let us know that you're here. We would love to connect with you, to get to know you more, and also to see how you can um, partake in our church ministry and helping you grow closer to Christ. So uh, we have a small gift from a ministry that we partner with, uh, and we'd love to share that with you. So please do that after the service. This is our last week in Yeah, it's the series. last week in our series. Yeah, yeah once you been great. we'll go. Yeah. Father, thank you for Aaron. I uh, pray that you would, you would bless him. Um, and via that blessing, you would bless uh, this church family and all the ears that are here to hear from your word and from your spirit this morning. Would you move mightily in us and through us uh, for your glory and your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. ready to jump in? Carrie's ready. I was actually reminded again this week, uh, actually just in the last couple of days as I was prepping, um, the significance, the eternal significance of coming together as the body of Christ to hear from God of the universe, through his word, his infallible word, uh, <clears throat> such, such a profound opportunity that uh, this moment is of God's design. Uh, we didn't invent this whole thing ourselves. The church, along with its structure and various giftings, is God's design. Uh, for God's purposes. And you know, if you've been here any number of times, you know how easy it is to show up, to be here, and to leave, and fail to do the necessary work to make myself available to truly hear with open ears and an open heart. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's easy to miss the opportunity. Um, and so I would ask, uh, I know we just prayed, but I would ask that if you walked in this morning to this room, this gymnasium, and there's something here that's off, something here that's just not quite right, maybe something you, you know you need to confess or deal with, or maybe you just need a moment to tune in would you do that now? Would you just take a minute and just connect with the Lord and make yourself available to hear from him? God, we confess that we cannot uh, qualify ourselves for the gift of, of hearing from you. It's only by your righteousness that we are right in relationship with you. And so we uh, simultaneously thank you for that gift and ask again for that gift. God, would you speak to us now?
We commit our time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So our story this morning, uh, it's... I'm sorry to do this to you again, but it's a, it's a depressing story. It starts out good, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to... Um, I'll tell you a section of the story, and... Uh, I'm going to leave out the worst part so that we don't have to think about it all morning, and I'll just save it till right to the end. I'll tell you the bad part right at the end. Um, this is a story about getting, uh, getting something that you thought was going to be better than it was. You've had that experience? So I don't want to be offensive, especially to the front rover on this side. But I had heard uh, Chick-fil-A talked about for years, and I finally tried it. It was fine. <laughs> I didn't say it was bad. It was fine. And that's how I feel. I don't know if, it, if, it, if I was there on a bad day or if it was talked up more than it was worth or if I just don't have the appropriately aligned taste buds. just didn't meet the hype. That's what our story is today. What I'm going to do is I'm going so to tell you the story. I'm going to give you three um, observations that for those of you who have been uh, walking with the Lord for a period of time will be observations that you'll probably fairly quickly say, yeah, that's straightforward. I can, I can agree with that. And then at the end, I'm going to tell you the end of the story, and then I'm going to give you a fourth observation that's a little more nuanced and actually applies to people that have been walking with the Lord maybe a little bit longer, um, but it's a way that we're deceived. Remember, the narrative of Scripture is a story about the way that God relates to people, to us. That's what the story is about, and that's what we're going to see today. So uh, Matt uh, introduced us, or continued the story last week with the people pleading for a king, and Samuel says, you can have a king, understanding, of course, that your petition for a king is actually uh, a disguise for your rejection of my leadership over you. What they were actually solving for, what Israel was solving for, is a future where they just didn't anticipate people were going to follow the Lord. And so given the fact that we're probably not going to be following the Lord, we need some kind of a solution that will, you know, at least provide us some semblance of stability and peace. <clears throat> so Saul was anointed king. Uh, this morning's passage, we're going to, we're basically 11 through 13 is what we're going to be covering, 1 Samuel 11 through 13. Uh, Saul was anointed king of Israel, and almost everyone is very excited about this. In fact, right after he's anointed king, uh, he gets his own posse, which is pretty sweet, right? Uh, I mean, that's the sign of having arrived, right? You get your own little posse of guys. And, uh, but also, it does say in the story, it says that he got his own little posse of guys who were like, hey, we're going to be your guys. And, and to be fair, it also says that there were some detractors. There were some people that were like, that's, that's who we're going for? Yeah, I don't think this is going to work out. And they kind of mumbled and grumbled a little bit, you know, uh, not, not openly complaining, but quietly, secretly, you know, backstabbing. And then it says, this actually to me is sort of a funny part of the story, and then it says that Saul went back home and started working his dad's field. You know, that's what you do when you're anointed king over a country. <laughs> you go back home and grab the cows and start tilling the dirt. So Saul went back home, and uh, there's a king nearby, uh, near to where Israel is dwelling, a king by the name of Nahash, the Ammonite, and he decides that he's going to raid one of the Israelite cities, Jabesh Gilead. <clears throat> so he brings his army up there and uh, camps near the city, and there's sort of this I find it a little strange, this interaction between uh, the Ammonites, who are the raiders, and Jabesh Gilead, the city. The Ammonites come, and they camp, and they say, hey, uh, we're going to raid you. 
And uh, so they send a message, and then the people of Jabesh Gilead send a message back and say, uh, how about instead of killing us, we would just be your slaves? And, um, and then the Ammonites send a messenger back, and they say, okay, we could do that. Um, however, um, we would have one more condition, and that is that you would allow us to gouge out the right eyeball of every adult male that lives in the city. Which seems like a little much, right? In fact, they actually say, so that we can bring shame on your people. And then again, very diplomatically, the guys of the, the, the city of Jabesh Gilead, they respond and say, um, we, could, we could possibly do that, uh, but we would like a little bit of time to come up with a different plan. Uh, so if you could give us seven days to see if maybe any of our friends would be willing to come and fight with us, uh, that, would be, that would be really thoughtful. <laughs> so, so they did. They said, okay, uh, sure. Uh, why don't you take seven days and see if you have any friends? Um, <clears throat> and if not, then either we'll fight you or we'll gouge out your eyeballs and make you our slaves. <laughs> different time, I don't know. So they send messengers to Israel. And uh, they go and basically spread the word, hey, our, our, our brothers, this clan of Israelites in this particular city, they're, they're, on the, they're on the brink. And news reaches Saul, actually, as he's coming home. He's the newly appointed king over these people. He's coming home from tilling the field at his father's farm. And a messenger meets him and says, hey, here's the situation with, with uh, our family down in Jabesh Gilead. Uh, what do you think we should do? And it says that, that's, that Saul is, is filled with righteous anger at this situation. In fact, it says that the Spirit of God came on him. And he, uh, <laughs> he, he chopped up his cows. And he sent a piece of a cow to each of the tribes in Israel. And he said, this is what will happen to your own livestock if you do not show up and defend our family, our tribe, the people of Jabesh Gilead. Now, to be fair, I don't think that, I don't think that what Saul was saying is, I'm going to do that to your livestock. I think what he was pointing out is that if we allow them to encroach, then we're all doomed right? They, they, they will not stop there. You're going to lose your own livelihood and your own family eventually. Well, apparently this was uh, very motivating uh, for the men of Israel. Um, in fact, it says that there were 330,000 fighting men of the people of Israel that showed up for, for Saul's, Saul's first test as a king. 330,000 men, fighting men showed up, and Saul said, why don't you tell the Ammonites we're ready to go? And then Saul didn't wait. He actually divided the 330,000 men into three uh, bands or three groups. He attacked the, the raiding army of Ammonites first thing in the morning when they were unprepared and defeated the Ammonites. <clears throat> really, his first act as king, he has uh, successfully done a couple of things. He has brought his people together, and he has, he has granted his people peace. That's great. That's what a leader should do. As they're returning home from battle, Saul's posse says to him, weren't there some guys that were complaining about you? We should deal with them. Saul said, no, let's not. Let's leave them alone. 
The Lord gave us victory. Let's, let's accept that that's enough for now. So that's chapter 11 of 1 Samuel. And then chapter 12 is kind of interesting. Chapter 12, and there's the same kind of thing that appears numerous times in the Bible, where there's a leader who kind of gives a bit of a farewell speech. Like you think of Moses, he gave a farewell speech. Joshua gave a farewell speech. Um, Samuel is giving a little bit of like a, uh, it's not exactly a farewell speech. It's more like a retirement speech. Like, um, you guys are going to continue on. My active role is coming to an end. There's a few things that I want to say to you all. Uh, so let me just uh, speak. The basic outline is this. He says, he begins by saying, I have led you with integrity. I did not seek to benefit off of you. I did not seek to enrich myself from my position of leadership. Um, I have led you with integrity. And then he says, in the second part, he says, history will show you what happens when you reject God. He's referring to the Pentateuch, right? The first five books of the Bible. And then he says, and you have rejected God by asking for a king. And then he says, and I will, I will show you God's displeasure uh, by calling a thunderstorm during the time of harvest. And sure enough, a thunderstorm comes down on the people during the time of harvest. And it says that they were filled with dread. They realized that, they, that their, their sin against God and rejecting his leadership was, was a, a big deal, that it was a serious thing. And then Samuel concludes his speech in this way. He says, if you now, even now, if you would be willing to acknowledge your sin, if you would be willing to say yes to God, even now, he 